We make all kinds of connections from our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. It's time to consider the possibilities. Good evening and welcome to Things Worth Considering. We're a weekly talk show. We like to give you some ideas to ponder, maybe some ideas to disagree with, but hopefully, definitely, things that are worth considering. I'm your host, Gord Riddell, and I'm here with my friend, a very knowledgeable doctor of naturopathic medicine, Alexia Georgiousis. How are you? I'm well, Gord. How are you? I miss you. I miss I never you see too. you. We were just saying it's been over a year. We live in the same city. We don't even see each other uh, with this this crazy pandemic yeah. uh, that just it seems to be going from bad to worse in Ontario, at least. Uh, we are live. If you would like to give us a call uh, and join in on the conversation, you can do so toll free from anywhere in North America at 1-888-346-9141. Now, this evening, we have this uh, wonderful guest. He's a quite fascinating man. Um, he is Mr. Eric Rankin, um, the uh, man who is credited for discovering a very significant relationship between geometric forms and functions and the harmonic universe. Uh, Eric's uh, sonic geometry videos have been viewed by millions of people millions of times and translated into numerous languages. Uh, While his research and findings have been featured on Gaia TV, History Channel's Ancient Aliens, as well as radio, television, and podcast interviews all over the world. Living in sunny California, Laguna Beach, Eric is a featured speaker at conventions such as Contact in the Desert, Portal to Ascension, and Star Knowledge. And he is the only regularly featured lecturer at the world-famous Integratron. I knew I'd trip over that. In in California's Mojave Desert. Um, He currently sits on panels with some of today's uh, most renowned researchers in the fields of physics, mathematics, human origins, and extraterrestrial contact. Mr. Eric Rankin, welcome. Well, thank you very much. Thank you having, for having me on. Oh, we're thrilled to have you on. Uh, th- your, your research is unbelievable. Um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off with something you, you wrote. Uh, it's in your blog, actually, uh, on uh, your website, Sonic Geometry, which I highly recommend people go to see because the videos are there. You wrote, every once in a while, I hear a small voice a voice that creeps into my consciousness from uh, I'm not sure where and suggests or tells me things that I know are not my own thoughts. It doesn't happen often, which is probably a good thing. I would agree. I I feel the same way. But when it does, (laughs) I make sure to listen as closely and attentively as I can. One such occasion this happened was August of 2012. I was sitting in my office doing some mundane office things when suddenly I hear a whisper telling me to draw a triangle. Why don't you pick that up from there? <laughs> sure. I don't even remember <laughs> writing that. <laughs> really, really. <laughs> that's, that's going back for a, a bit. Yes. Yeah. Um, I had already been going to the Integratron. And if people haven't heard of that, they can search that on their own website, Integratron.com. A fascinating story we might have a chance to talk about a little bit. But I was already yeah. fascinated by frequency. I had written a book about dolphins. And if you want to mm. discuss 
beings on this planet that are masters of frequency. And that's what we are seeing as we do more and more research is how significant frequency is to the makeup of everything, actually, the sonics and probably for curing, healing the human body. It, it's such a significant piece of the puzzle. And um, one day I was in my office and I heard this voice and I, every once in a while, I will get a, a download where I actually hear an audible voice and said exactly what you said, go into your conference room. There's a whiteboard there and draw a triangle. And I'm like, who am I listening to? And why are you talking to me about ge anything about geometry? Because mm -hmm. I really never went to college. And in high school, I failed geometry, algebra, math. Math was not my thing. So you're not a but mathematician. I, Right. No, not at all. Okay. And then, um, so I went in there, I drew this triangle and I said, well, I don't know why I did that, but I'm following the instruction. And they said, no, now we, we, and it was kind of a collective, somebody speaking for a we, we want you to write down the sum total of its three angles. And I'm like, oh, write down the sum total of its three angles. I barely remembered. That might be the only <laughs> thing I remember from geometry class is if it is a triangle has three angles, those three angles will always total 180. So there's things like um, symmetrical triangles, right triangles, and it doesn't matter if it's three-sided, three angles, it will always total 180. I said, okay, I did that. I remembered it's 180. And then, no, one more thing. We want you to play that as a tone. Use the 180 as 180 hertz cycles, vibration cycles per second, okay. which I am familiar with because I'm a musician and we tune our guitars and everything else to tuners that are vibration cycles per second. That's what a Hertz cycle is. And when I did, or well, I, I, I didn't do it yet. I go, how in the world am I going to do this? You know, how am I going to hear 180 Hertz cycles? Because 10 years prior, you would have had to go in to, and buy a piece of equipment like tone generating equipment for a lab or, you know, for research. And, but now with our technology that we all carry in our pockets and all these apps, it's very easy to to find tone generating apps. So I did and I played and now I don't have the app open, but I do have a chime set and hopefully you'll be able to hear this. So 180 Hertz cycle sounds like this. One more time, maybe one more time. Okay. Did you hear that? Yeah. So I'm like, well, there's three strange things that I just did, but I said I did them and thought I was done. They said, no, now you need to go through all the primary geometric forms. So that would mean moving from more or less the building blocks of flat geometry, the triangle, the circle, the square, the pentagon, the hexagon, the septagon, which is seven sides. You don't see all that often. And then the octagon. Those are pretty much the fundamental geometric shapes. So I, I knew a circle is 360 and makes sense that a square would be 360 is also because a square has four corners. Those four corners are all 90 degrees. So that's 360. Circle is 360. So here's the 180 of a triangle. And then the 360 of a square and a circle. And it's much it's, higher. It's the exact same exactly. note, yeah. but an octave apart. An octave and I'm like, higher. wow, there's a, a musical aspect. I, because I do play keyboard in a band, I'm used to octaves, the same note, either higher or lower on the scale. And I'm like, well, that's kind of interesting. And then said, now go to the, the Pentagon. 
Well, I have no idea what a Pentagon's sum total is, but I looked it up, Googled it, and it's 540 hertz. And then I played that and it's... And I'm like, instantly my ear recognized the most significant interval between notes in music today is the first and the fifth. The scale that we all use in Western tuning is called the circle of fifths. If you start at C, the fifth would be G, G to D, D to A, A to E, until it circles back around to C again. So it's a very significant interval. And I, that's, this is exactly what it sounds like. I'm like, wow, here's this the significant musical interval revealed by ge geometry. And it started seeming really exciting to me, like I was on some sort of fact-finding mission then. Uh, it is exciting. And then the, the hexagon, the six sides, is another octave above the square and circle. So you go from 180, doubled as 360 for the circle, doubled again would be 720 for the hexagon. And I don't have that tone here. And then when it got really exciting was the septagon, the seven-sided. And that provided that tone. And I'm like, holy moly, geometric shapes are revealing the most beautiful now triad chord in music, which is a major chord. And it sounds like... And I'm like, this is significant the geometry is revealing when i say the most significant chord in music even if you don't know anything about music theory when you go to a movie and good things are happening you hear a major chord if angels are singing hmm. if trumpets are announcing a fanfare for the king and queen if everything is going right if the couple is falling in love musically it's always backed by a major chord because it tells us everything is right and i'm hmm. like wow it's almost like geometry is telling us that it's almost cross-checking itself, even audibly and making sense in a whole other way. And then the octagon was another octave of this. So it didn't matter if it was the triangle, square, circle, pentagon, hexagon, septagon, octagon, it would be one of these three notes. And I'm like, that has got to be already known and significant. And I've just never heard of it. I, there's a quote by Pythagoras that most people know the second half of the quote, the music of the spheres. Hmm. They often have heard that. But the first part of that quote is there is geometry in the humming of the strings. That's the first half. There's geometry in the humming of the strings. And then there's music in the spacing of the spheres. And I'm like, I just heard the actual geometry and the humming of those strings in this. So I'm going to go learn about that. I went and Google searched, blog searched, YouTube searched, any combination of geometry revealing a major chord could not find one match. And I'm right. like, that's almost impossible anymore to not find a match. Right. Even if it's erroneous or wrong information, you'll find something that supports what you're looking for. And I'm like, wow. And in those since 2012 to today, I became the guy that discovered the geometry connection specifically to certain frequencies and not just frequencies, but the, the major chord harmonics. And that's really what turned people on and why I got approached by physics and mathematicians. I was like, 
you just discovered this? And I'm like, where'd you go to college? And I'm like, I didn't. <laughs> but that's, that's incredible because this aspect of uh, sonic geometry, which you developed that, those words as well, well in terms of that point, term, that is, right, that is yeah. your creation. And, yeah. you know, I think that what you're speaking to and, and in, your, in your films I, I won't pretend to understand all of it because I really don't. There's so much wonderful information in there and facts. But this aspect of sequence and patterns, mm-hmm. can you talk about that a little bit more, about the significance of patterns, especially with the number 432? Well, 432, interestingly, you would not think reveals or is related to geometry per, per se. But if you go deeper in it. So I'm, I'm trying to set it up. If you didn't follow everything in the video, the actual relation of 432 itself to geometry is a next level dive, but there is a connection there. There are geometric forms that will reveal 4,320 as the sum total. And when we talk about number sequences like this, um, like 432 or 4320 or 43,200, we, what we're looking for is, it doesn't matter if there's a decimal point or zeros, we're looking for the number sequence. So mm-hmm. 432, I was already aware of as a tuning principle. Right now, and that's what's significant about this, is in Western music, since Indian music has its own tuning, there are other music scales around the world. But most of the world, if you're listening to pop music or Chopin or the classics, um, it's, it's a circle of fifth tuning we've talked about, and they had to standardize um, how are we going to tune our instruments? Well, that, all that standardized tuning is based off of one note, and that's middle A on a keyboard that vibrates at 440 cycles per second. But in the past, and if we discover old instruments, old flutes and things that we can still play, middle A was not 440, it was actually 432 cycles. And if we go into, interestingly enough, um, ancient structures or temples or sound chambers, the note that they resonate is either 108, which is an octave of 432, 216, which is an octave of 432, or 432 itself, including the Great Pyramid of Giza. So will, what do you mean when these structures, the note that they resonate? How do, well, how do you determine that? Um, what we have learned about some of these ancient temples and structures like the the Great Pyramid would be a perfect one. Or in Malta, there's these uh, subterranean chambers. Even in Mayan architecture, there are these rooms like vaults and people often thought they were tombs or something like that. But what they're discovering is they actually are sound chambers. They resonate like a a beautiful echo that cycles Mm -hmm. back in on itself and wants to continue on. Um, and we are learning about those sound chambers, even when we go in, uh, to Europe and look at the cathedrals and things like there. Some of them are the thought now is the reason for the vaulted ceilings and why um, they're shaped the way they are is to be a resonant. They have a specific resonance to those structures. And this is all getting back to the significance of sound frequency mm-hmm. and vibration and holding it, holding a particular vibration for a while because when you hold vibrational waves uh, they can create a standing pattern and if you create a standing wave pattern in time and space 
all of a sudden you're almost like providing the skeleton for molecules to gather upon. Right. And if you get where I'm right. going with this, yep. that yes. ends up becoming matter. Exactly. But you have to have the framework. What is that invisible framework that builds a tree or you or me? Well, if it's a standing wave pattern unique to that tree or you or me or a star, this seems related to it and the significance of it. The, the, the significance of 432 beyond uh, geometry is this is a number sequence that has been following humanity since we've started writing, and that's 6,000 years ago. And we have myths, we have religious stories, we have these future predictions, we have things like yugas in the Indian uh, tradition that, um, that are super long time spans, 432,000 or 43,200 in years. And it's like, what is that significance of 432? Well, as far as we can really tell, there's two aspects. It's like a fork. One of them is it invites us into a matrix of information that is also, I believe, created at the same time that the world's first written language was created, cuneiform. Hmm. And we get not just the world's first written language, we get a math system that we don't use today uh, except for geometry, really, and it's called sexagesible math. And it, instead of base 10, like matrix, it's based on 12s and 60s. So there's a counting system on your hand that you can count by 12s and 60s. And all of a sudden, maybe some of your listeners might be thinking, 12s and 60s are in our lives today. Majorly. And they, they certainly are. You know, yeah, tw- right. a dozen eggs or donuts or months or disciples or, you know, 12, uh, 12 hours of day, 12 hours of night. To zodiac signs, you know, 12 yeah. zodiac. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. And it's like, the wow. And then all the 60s in our plant, in, in our lives that we use today, 60 seconds to a minute, 60 minutes to an hour. And the world is divided in degrees of latitude and longitude where 60 is the function. Every one degree is 60 nautical miles of latitude. Which goes so back like, to 360. That's yeah, amazing. It gets us back to the back significance of, of the yeah. 360. And even yeah. the 360, how many pie wedges are in a circle? Uh, like gonna, pizza you pie know what? I think we need to break and go to a commercial, and we're going to figure oh. out how many pie wedges there are in 360 okay. degrees. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll be right back. We're here with Eric Rankin. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic healthcare, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. 
We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Follow the Voice America Empowerment Channel on Twitter. You already know we're full of great ideas and our hosts have plenty to say. We want to hear from you too. Be sure to follow us at VA Empowerment and come back every day to see what's next. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. We're back and we're with uh, Eric Reichen and his uh, Mr. Sonic Geometry. It's just fascinating stuff. I was really interested. Uh, you were starting to touch on it, the 12s and 60s, you know, how mm. prevalent they are in our mythology, but just in our, our actual day-to-day working, you know. Now, you know, Canada's gone over to the metric system. So, you know, we've lost some of that, like 60 miles, and, you yep. know, we know that equals 100 kilometers. If you notice, I translate. Um, this many miles equals this, and, you know, in the new, the new style. But this goes all the way back to the Sumerians, yes? Absolutely, it does. Yeah. And um, this measuring system that we're talking about, the 12s and 60s, you say in Canada and most of the world most no the world, longer yeah. uses this imperial measuring system. Oh, Only right. uh, United States and England um, use this system. But that takes us back to the Sumerian counting system, the Sumerian geometry. And it's really not true when you say in Canada, we don't use that. You don't use it in your car, but every pilot in the world and every boat captain in the world is using the Sumerian math system. Uh, their right. nautical miles is mm. 60 nautical miles. Right, so yeah. in, in important ways and time. The whole world uses 60 seconds to a minute and 60 minutes to an hour. Well, latitude and longitude is still in that. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. So that the, the big measurements are actually still connected to this ancient 6,000 year ago, and you are correct, in ancient Samaria, where all of this information and technology was birthed. And I'll try and give you an example of how crazy this is and how significant it is. So Sumerians gave us a measuring system that also was based on 12s. That's where the 12 inches to a foot uh, and then a foot, three feet becomes a yard and the mile is 5,280 feet. That might seem kind of wonky compared to the the base 10 math and how elegant that is and useful it is for measuring, but it takes you off the scent of something really significant. So let's stay in miles, which would be earth miles, 5,280, not, not, not uh, metrics, kilometers. And then let's take our um, Sumerian counting systems of 12s and 60s and see something really significant and even the number 432. If we measure the sun in 
uh, miles, mm -hmm. actual statute miles. It's 864,000 miles across, 864. Wow. The moon's diameter in miles is 2160. Incredibly, wow. Yep, 864 is an octave yeah. above 432, and 216 is an octave perfectly below. below 432. And it almost makes it seem like 432 is in the middle. That could be us. us. The Earth plane is vibrating, harmonizing with this yes. 432 frequency. That's Before incredible. We, it, it, it's, it starts to become mind-blowing if you let the information seep into your awareness what comes through and we'll just almost get to the punchline first and maybe reverse engineer <laughs> hear it is what we are talking about when all of this information is looked at from an observational standpoint and you start recognizing this repeat patterning these number sequences that show up all over the world in the most incredibly coincidental and synchronistic ways, what we come to realize, and let me take it one step further, how these all lock into a planetary um, movement that our Earth does that people in Samaria would have never known our Earth wobbles like a top that is slowing down. Mm -hmm. And for one full wobble, it's very slow. It takes 25,920 years to complete that one cycle. Incredibly, all the geometrics that we're talking about and the 432 and these mythical number sequences, 72, the names of God and all these things, they all spin off like sub gears off of 25,920, incredibly. So what Amazing. we're looking at, when we look at this body of evidence, and I was not looking for an extraterrestrial connection, I've been fascinated by the ancient alien theory, but I was not looking for it at all when this information started coming through. But when you go back to Samaria and you realize what they did, this culture 6,000 years ago, they didn't tweak technology, which is the way most tech technology advances is like, oh, there's something like a wheel. What if we put an axle through it? And now we can make a vehicle or an arch or a, a plow for agriculture or a pottery wheel to make uh, pottery or a loom to weave fabric. All of those things showed up in Samaria at the same time. Hmm. And we're like, including the world's first written language and this math system, this 1260 math system. And we can read their writings and like, how did you do that? How did you, <laughs> out of nowhere, hunter-gatherer yeah. existence, mm -hmm. come up with all the devices that we're actually still using today, just higher forms of them? And they wrote down, we did not. This people came out of the sky, very tall people in yeah. craft, came from the sky and gave us this information. And so we have the, now we have the choice of either poo-pooing this and saying that's crazy talk or what is the other logical explanation how one small bunch of people living in the same exact place at the same time came up with all of this technology at the same moment they had a very and, good school there yeah it's, it's a very good school there yeah <laughs> so what it really all this information the sonic geometry bed of information and everything it reveals joseph campbell ended up calling these number sequences mathematical mythologies he found them all over the world 
as he was researching the hero's journey, the only thing that we can say out of this is someone knew this information and packaged it in a way that could be learned and discovered at a later date. There's no other explanation for it. And it took us, so let's take the second. There are 86,400 seconds in a day. Wow, 864 again, just like the diameter or the, uh, not the diameter, but the, uh, yeah, diameter of the sun is 864 also. And the number of seconds in a day is 864 also, 86,400. And if we look at that and go, how could all of this nest together? It's because someone knew we, or might know that we would one day have the technology to corroborate, to link, to put this information together. So while the formula for a second was given to humankind 6,000 years ago, 12 uh, and really a 24 hour day times 60 times 60, that's how you arrive at 86,400. We did not have a mechanical or a technological, technological device to measure a second until right. the late 1860s, yeah. right. 150 years ago. So for 5,900 years, the formula <laughs> for a second was there, but we did not have the ability to measure and tick out a precise second until just 150 years ago. What was wrong with so, my ancestors? Why couldn't they figure that out? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's mind-blowing, actually. It, it is it mind-blowing. Is. And, and Eric, it I is. have a question that do you feel that this, this aspect of technology, because we know that we are so dominated in some ways by technology, however, there's a sense of are we, is it allowing us to listen differently? Or do we have the capability more so to be able to really listen and to hear those frequencies? Well, here's what I believe about those frequencies. And this kind of jumps into another aspect of what I would call sonic geometry. There is a geometric pattern called the Fibonacci spiral that maybe yes. some of your listeners are, yes. have heard of. It's a very simple a mathematical algorithm. And it just, you take one number, you double it, and then combine those two numbers to get to the next number. So even a Fibonacci cycle, it starts at zero, zero and one is one, and then one and one is two, and one and two is three, and two and three is five, and three and five is eight, on into infinity. That's the Fibonacci spiral. If you wanna see how a pine cone is made, you have a Fibonacci spiral spinning counterclockwise against another Fibonacci spiral, and that's called the pineal pattern. That's why pine cones and pineapples and pineal gland in your yeah, brain. Yeah, they all look the same. That's amazing. And that's the pineal amazing. pattern. We're also getting that this, this information is related to sound. If you take the first six steps of the pineal pattern, provide tone to the very first step, the first six steps more or less imagine it sprouting from zero, like seed, into becoming it reveals the exact same tones that I played for you with the geometric shapes, which is oh, interesting, un unbelievable. That It's like nature is telling us these tones. It's not just pleasing to the ear. The reason it's pleasing to the ear is because we're tuned into the matrix 
of sound geometry, which is waveform and geometry, which is how nature creates. So to me, when we expose ourselves to these exact frequencies, we are bathing ourselves the way a plant might be finding itself bathed in its own set frequency bandwidth of knowing how to become that specific plant. There's a lot of study being done about this very thing. Mm -hmm. And that's just an incredible aspect that sound is related to these growth patterns. Even the Fibonacci spiral is your ears and the pineal pattern is your pineal gland in your brain. So take these Fibonacci frequencies, run them through your Fibonacci ear canal and run them into your Fibonacci pineal pineal pattern Mm -hmm. in your brain all of a sudden it starts making sense that yes, this could be an activating device. And that's what I think it is. Mm. I think this information was given as a Easter egg, like in movies that you don't see right away. And if you dig deep enough, you see, wait a minute, there are numbers there. What if we apply them like a combination to a lock? Eh, That didn't do anything. What if we apply them this way? That didn't do anything. What if we apply them to music? Whoa, it's a major chord. And that's that's the fundamental chord in music, like the holy harmony. So it's potentially also something that is around healing and expansion of consciousness. But what if someone is deaf and they actually can't hear because then they can feel the vibration? That's what yeah. my sense is. I don't think you need to hear these. I, I think that is an affirmation. But when we talk about music, you're limiting uh, the capabilities of frequency so frequency starts at one hertz that's one wave pattern per second it's too slow to hear um humpback whales can get down to like 10 20 hertz and still very very low we would call that subsonic all the way into the tens of thousands of hertz the ultrasonic going into that where we call music and the range that we speak in is just a few thousand, it's this narrow, narrow bandwidth that we can hear in the musical scale and feels comfortable to us. So I definitely think that while hearing it is an affirmation of it being correct, what it's really doing to you has nothing to do with the hearing of it. These waves are aligning your cells in your body go, oh my gosh, you say the word sound bath. I don't think there could be anything more perfect to bathe your sound in the same geometric frequency patterns that nature is using. And here, Mm. here's where we dive into something really significant. None of the music that you and I have ever heard our whole lives is the tones that I just played for you. We in our, you know, I I don't know, in our own wisdom, in our own egoic wisdom, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, said, here's a great musical system. And the circle of fifths is a great musical system. Um, But it doesn't always sound great with itself if you used mathematically perfect harmonics that nature uses. Sometimes you get beautiful triads. Sometimes you get off-pitch sounding triads. Almost sounds like an old honky-tonk piano that's slightly out of tune. But what we're actually listening to, the music, the tone, the the tuning system that we use is called equal temperament. Everything is slightly detuned to sound good enough to our ears to be pleasing. So we don't get that honky-tonk piano sound. Well, that's great for music only, 
but we have lost completely nature's frequencies. Mm-hmm. Gone. Mm-hmm. As soon as you mm-hmm. as soon as you tune to the tuning to 440 is not necessarily it. It's the equal temperament tuning that we do this. So when you, if you were to look at a musical scale of equal temperament, you wouldn't see beautiful whole numbers. You would see, you know, 696.832 for okay. six, you know, for the letter C or whatever, the note C. So we never get to all the music, no matter if it's beautiful or classics or Gregorian chants, we never get to hear those absolutely mathematically perfect frequencies that are revealed by nature's patterns unless you specifically force uh, them into a, some sort of tuning system. And no keyboard does that. And not, not in, in sort of indigenous chants, any, any ancient music that is that well, a little bit different? That is actually a little bit different. Um, human chant without any musical instrument to guide it, if one person sings a note and and let's say I go, mm, and then I, if you were musicians, I'd say, now give me the fifth. Then mm-hmm. that would be the fifth. And then the third would be, mm-hmm. very likely you would produce, if you had a, a good ear for music, you would produce the mathematically perfect triad and not the forced triad. So if no right. instrument is guiding right. you, you would on your own actually probably most likely produce the perfect triad. Okay. There you go. And we are being uh, sent over to commercial. We'll be right back. Yep. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Yonge Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. Uh, we're here with uh, Eric Rankin, uh, Sonic Geometry. You have to go to his website, sonicgeometry.com. 
and uh, see these uh, videos are fantastic. Um, so we were talking uh, just a bit on the break there about if if we've moved from like the 432 hertz, uh, which is the natural sound, to a 440 in terms of say, uh, you know, musically. Uh, uh, balancing things and and so on, attuning them is what I meant. Uh, how much how much has that actually stopped us from have discovering this earlier? Like um, we've gone to an unnatural sound. Yes, and uh, again, it's pleasing to our ears when we do this equal temperament tuning. 440, 440 doesn't bother me per se as far as music. Um, it's like I, MOR, I play, pop music. Yeah, I, it, it, <laughs> it's, it's actually road. okay. But if you talk about the significance of what sound does to our body or organic yeah. forms mm-hmm. or revealing geometry, then it becomes critical. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think it actually is most important is a broad field of information, not just musical. In fact, the the whole concept of um, there was a knowingness revealing these number sequences to us, waiting for us to put them together, that would all evaporate instantly as soon as you went anything off of 432. It takes you off the scent of the story. Um, All of these magical numbers, these mythical numbers, these temple numbers, sacred numbers, um, they all just disappear and Mm -hmm. and you're left with nothing. So if the whole world had gone metric, um, and we lost this, what's called the imperial or royal measuring system, we would have lost the significance of the connectivity, the coincidental nature, the synchronistic essence of all of this information nesting with itself. And I believe that what this truly has the potential to do is expand our consciousness, is mm-hmm. to ignite our pineal gland and allow us to see deeper into the essence of what we are, why we're here, the purpose of our existence, where we came from, how we might have come here. Um, those all nest into this story that in- involves geometry and this extraterrestrial aspect. Um, and how important is it for us to raise our consciousness? To me, if we don't, and soon we mm-hmm. will extinct ourselves. Yes, um, there's no we're way out of balance. Our technological ability is way out of balance with our, our consciousness. Yes. We don't believe we live in a connected universe. We, live, we believe we live in an us-against-everything-else universe. And if you, that's the way you think, you don't think so badly about killing other people in a war or you know, uh, taking other people's things or hurting the planet that you live on. You're unconscious. But when you're conscious, all of that stuff matters. So here, a perfect example is we figured out how to split the atom. And the very first thing we did with it was make a devastating weapon out of Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. That is lack of consciousness way behind. That is consciousness way behind lagging technical ability. Mm -hmm. And I think we've actually, our technological abilities have been throttled um, possibly by a higher race of beings waiting for our consciousness to keep in pace with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that's just a, a theory, like right. an ancient alien theory, but I think it's quite possible. And if we don't get this right to where we are knowingly living in a connected universe where everything is entangled with everything else, I don't think we will actually be here much longer. I think we are 
ready for uh, almost like an Atlantean re- reboot. Mm-hmm. And if you laugh, laugh at the concept of Atlantean, which Atlantis, which I did for years, um, we know that there were advanced humans before advanced humans should have existed on this planet. There are now archaeological sites like Gobekli Tepe in, in Turkey that is 12,000 years old, very advanced rock work, um, huge weights that are twice as old, more than twice as old as the Great Pyramid of Giza. It just blows our mind completely open. But that race somehow more or less vanished. And we restarted 6,000 years ago. We weren't the first. Our intellect, our technical ability, our math, our writing down of language restarted 6,000 years ago. And that's what we're living that storyline. And if we get to a technologically advanced enough state where our consciousness is not aligned with it, we just push the, the, you know, the nuclear button and say sayonara, you know, humanity, and, and let's see what Bye-bye. comes after. Yeah, exactly. So, Eric, I have um, two questions. One is I wanted to ask you how the Schumann resonance fits into this. And first, and so let, let, let me let me ask you that one first. Okay, so the Schumann resonance is a little bit tricky to sort of explain. Earth has a resonance, and a lot of people think that the Earth is vibrating at a measurable resonance, and that's what the Schumann resonance is. That's not quite right. There is a cavity between the surface of the Earth and the bottom layer of the ionosphere, and if you take something like a lightning strike, it will bounce from the surface up against the ionosphere back to the surface, and we can measure that time interval. For most of our aware of awareness of this resonance factor, it's hovered around eight. It is fluctuated. Now, in, recent, in the recent years, it is actually will spike way high and then come back down towards eight. I have a feeling, I have a hypothesis about the Schumann resonance that um, it was probably steady at nine at some point. Um, in our technological and mm. our biggest technological boost, um, it, building the pyramids and those things. And all of those things are based on nines. Um, right. In my sonic geometry video, I call it the factor nine grid. Yes, if the yes. human resonance held again at nine, all of, these, all of these numbers would nest beautifully back into Earth. And I think that's what is actually happening right now is these spikes are getting us close to a holding pattern of nine again, where everything will be almost back online. Yeah, that's beautiful. So, so thank you for explaining mm-hmm. that. And the other question I had was, what can, what can people do to sort of enhance this and work with, you know, on the break, we were talking about tuning guitars and you were telling me how, you know, yes, I can tune my guitar, but then it's actually when you start singing with it, that sense of, of, um, I guess it's the, I, I don't know if it's harmony that would be there or, or the, how they would come together, what the word is. But can you talk a little bit about that around people who are interested in exploring this further? One, to watch your videos. The films are fantastic. Um, but also just to explore this further, because I, I know you've also done this work with dolphins, which is also another show. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it definitely seems that dolphins and whales are attuned. We've gone out in boats and played these frequencies and dolphins will often come close to a boat, ride the pressure wave in front of it as you're moving forward. And then if the boat stops or they get bored, they just take, take off. Um, we have performed these uh, 
frequency experiments where the boat intentionally, we stop the boat, we shut the engines off and make it as clean as we can, and then uh, play the speakers through the hull of the boat, and they stay with us. They mm -hmm. hover around the boat. So there's some anecdotal e evidence that uh, dolphins and whales are aware of the significance of these perfect uh, harmonics. It, it really, it's almost like in the movie The Matrix, what we're talking about is taking the red pill. Um, you can jump into this story almost wherever you want to. It could be frequency-based. It could be numbers-based. It could be geometry-based. You just jump. You dive into the subject, and you grasp as much as you can. You have your blinders open instead of closed. Um, you know, when we talk about people who are experts in their field, they're usually people that are quite narrow in their thinking. To be great at one thing kind of means maybe you missed a whole lot of other things. Mm -hmm. This field of information invites you to take the blinders off and see this number over here. And then also way over there that you thought there would be no connection and above you and below you and sound and all of these things click together, not sort of, not kind of good enough like isn't it amazing how close these things are they're exact they're like gears in a swiss watch and when you stand back almost like you're looking at this watch now moving and go how the hell could this be possible well the measuring system the counting system the geometry system the sound system all of those tell us somebody knew this before us and is directing our attention in a slow way, a march through time. And someday we will wake up and go, holy, I don't know, you're not on FM, so I, <laughs> yeah. my, my show, holy <laughs> shit, how can this possibly be? It can only possibly be if there was a race, an intelligence that n learned this, knew it, and made it available to us in little tiny tidbits and here's what I think the purpose of it was. Are you familiar with the concept of a uh, escape room? Have you ever yep. heard that term? Yep. I'm not. So an escape room is an entertainment thing. Um, you usually pay, you go to a place, and you enter a room, like a vault, or it's kind of usually a scary environment, and there's all kinds of things. There are clues around you to get you out of that scary room. But you don't know how to apply them. You'll see numbers over here. You'll see a clock over there. You'll see file cabinets over here. You have to figure out the clues have been left for you, but you have to figure them out and apply them correctly. If you do so, you get to escape. You get to level up. I think that these clues were all left behind for us, and the earth is one big giant escape room. And when we figure this out, we collectively, we get to level up together. Tell us about the Integratron. The Integratron is a fascinating story. Um, it was also built with supposedly the help of extraterrestrials. Um, a man named George Van Tassel in 1953, um, after going out into the desert, uh, heard from a group that calls itself Ashtar Command. And maybe some people of your listeners might have heard of Ashtar Command. If you Google search it, you will see lots of references to Ashtar Command. George Van Tassel was the first contactee. And they told him to build a machine that would have these unique properties of cellular rejuvenation and time displacement and anti-gravity. And so he started it right away. He got some funding from Howard Hughes. He was actually working at Hughes Aviation hmm. at the time. 
and he died before it was completely finished. But it's finished enough uh, that you can go in and experience frequencies in it, and it does something incredible, uh, both to your internal sense, in an audible sense. Um, people see things, feel things, intuit things, um, and it's an amazing place for my research. It's what launched me into my research, and it keeps expanding there. If it weren't for the Integratron, there would be no sonic geometry. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it, it sounded quite quite fascinating. It was like, yeah, maybe when this whole thing's over, I'm going to go. Uh, you should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounded like quite the... Uh, 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 quite the effects. It's uh, it was also, it's so multidimensional. Uh, yeah. But then that you know that's what sound is. It, it, sound is way more than just sound. It's uh, way frequency, more than a that's nice why, song. <laughs> that's right. That's why we use the word frequency instead of sound because sound yeah gets us talking about the timbre of a voice or a musical scale. When you talk about frequency, you you open up the whole box. And mm-hmm. that, exactly. that's the magic box. <laughs> it's, it's, your, your, films, um, your films made me get a sense of, you know, the importance of listening, the importance yeah. of being still and, and allowing, you know, picking up on what we hear outside nature. And, and actually with this pandemic, it's been really quiet, right? We're so less traffic, less planes flying, and it allows us to listen to nature in, yeah. a, in a very different yeah. way. Eric, yeah. I'd like to uh, thank you for coming. That was uh, wonderful having you on the show. My we could pleasure. probably have you on for at least three more hours consecutively <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and just keep on talking. Uh, yeah, next week, thanks, uh, uh, which is April the 29th, uh, we have returning guest Jennifer Drummond. She is the president of uh, Rachel Lenz, and she's coming back for session number two of uh, Rachel Therapy. Uh, she was here last week. She was brilliant, and she's be back again next week. Uh, to chat us up. She's very knowledgeable in, the, in this whole field. Um, if you would like to get in touch with us, you can do so at spiritgrows.ca. If you want to know more about who's upcoming and who's, uh, what's going on at the college, it's at uh, www.transformationalarts.ca. So this is Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis here at Things Worth Considering. Have a great week. Stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll see you on the other side of the pandemic. Good night, everyone. Thanks, Eric. I know. Thank you for tuning in to Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Alexia Georgiusis and Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are. 